I am thankful for the presence of God. I am thankful for the person of God. I'm thankful for the relationship that he has with me. Hallelujah. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Hallelujah. Are you ready to receive the word this morning? Hallelujah. I, I, I want to continue talking about freedom this morning, and I'd like to look at Galatians chapter 1. If you could turn to Galatians chapter 1. We're going to spend a number of weeks in Galatians. What, what, I'm, what I'm hoping as we spend some time in the book of Galatians, we get a picture of that book. So that when you read that book, you don't just read the words, but you understand a little bit more behind what is being said. So um, last week I preached just a little bit on the introduction of that book where Paul just says he's called by God. It's interesting. When you understand your calling, a lot of the other stuff doesn't matter. When you understand that God called you, a lot of the riffraff and the frou-frou and all that other stuff doesn't matter because I am called by God and I will put up with things and I will go through things because it's not my concept or my idea. It's he who called me. I talked a little bit about identity. I have a couple young grandsons. And what's amazing is you can't talk them out of their name because they know who they are. And we might be playing with them and I'll say, you're this, and they'll say, no, I am, and they'll say their name. And it might be childless, it might be simple, but what they have is they have an understanding of their identity. And sometimes the, the older we get, the more um, crazy we get. Complex, Pastor Dan. I'm a simple man. <laughs> but the older we get, the more we add to things. The more we, we question things instead of accepting the simple fact that I'm a child of God. And Paul in Galatians chapter 1, I want to read from verse 6 to verse uh, 10. And I want to share a little bit on this passage this morning. It says, I am amazed. This is Paul writing. I'm amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of God for a different gospel. Which is really not another only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. As we've said before, so I say again to you, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. 
For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. One of the interesting aspects of a bondservant from the ancient days was they were physically marked. You couldn't... It, it, we do it to cows, but back then they actually did it to slaves. They physically marked them and identified them as to being their slave. And Paul says, listen, if I'm preaching something otherwise, am I trying to please you or am I trying to please God? Because I am a bondservant and I have been marked by God. I've got a few thoughts this morning and some of them pretty strong. Can people tell that you're a believer? I sometimes try to blend in. When God didn't create me to blend in, he created me to stand out. And every, every month and a half or two months, I get a pair of socks that come in the mail. <laughs> and the motto is, you were made to stand out, not to blend in. And God created you to stand out not to just blend in with everything else. Paul's saying, listen, I'm a bondservant of Christ. He starts by saying, no other gospel. What, he, he had just been with them a short time ago, whether it was less than a year or up to three years before, but it was in a short period of time that he had been with the people in Galatia or the Galatian people and all the churches in that region, which is now modern-day Turkey and that area of the geography. And he had spent some time there and he had established churches and he had presented to them the gospel of Christ. And his gospel that God had revealed to him was radical. It was freedom. Freedom from the bondage of their past. Freedom from the guilt of not measuring up. Freedom to not live by the dictates of what they used to have to live by. And Paul preached this freedom and this gospel that Christ gave him which was he, he refers to it as a gospel of grace of Christ the gospel of the grace of Christ the freedom and the free gift that Christ gave and then what happened was religious people came after Paul left and they started to take that message and say ah oh, but you need to add something to it you don't just need grace but you need the law. You don't just need faith. You need works. And, and, and they even said to the effect of, it's not just about Jesus, but what about Moses? 
And Paul is, is in, in this passage, we've been chatting, a few of us, about Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians especially. If you read the first chapter in each one of those books, they're very similar in that there's usually a greeting. Paul greets them, tells them who he is, what God has called him to be. And then he goes on and he says, and he gives them an encouraging word. And he says, I'm so thankful for you. In Galatians, he just says, listen, this is who I am. And by the way, I'm amazed at what's happened here. He gets right into it. And he says, what happened? So I've got, I've wrote down a few thoughts about moving forward or moving backward. And one thing I want us to realize, if, if you could picture, last week I referred to this, and Pastor Nelson referred to it a few weeks ago, we were translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of of his dear son. So let me ask you, and this is not a question to trip you up, but where do I live? Where do I function from? What is my address? Is it the kingdom of darkness or is it the kingdom of his dear son? Anybody brave enough just to yell that out? Kingdom of his... So this is my forwarding address. This is where I live. I don't go on vacation over here. I live from this position and this address. I live based on the work of Christ and the gospel of Christ, and I am translated into the kingdom of his dear son, and Paul was saying, listen, you've been taken from that kingdom of darkness and the, into the kingdom of his dear son. And that kingdom is powerful. And this is where I live from. And he says, so what happens, let me ask you, what happens when I make a mistake? Where do I live? Where do I live? From the kingdom of his son. What if I just said something bad to my wife? Where do I live? What if I cut somebody off on the road and, and waved a single finger at them? Like, like you know, I, I, I flipped the cuckoo bird at them or something like that. What, where do I live? Where do I live? This is where I live. I think sometimes we take a break and we say, no, that's wrong. I made a mistake and this is where I'm functioning from. No, this is a place of condemnation. This is a place there I can't do it myself. I actually live in the kingdom of his dear son. Do I make mistakes? Yes, I do. But this is where I live. This is challenging because our human nature wants to put us down, but God says, no, I've set you free. So when I make a mistake, I take care of it. I ask for forgiveness, I repent, I change. Okay, I don't stay living in that cycle. I change. I change my thinking, I change. But what I also do is I live from this perspective, and this is where I live. I live in the kingdom of his dear son. If that's the only thing you get this morning, that's what I want you to walk away with because I have been 
preaching for about 25 to almost 30 years I've been preaching. I've been a Christian most of my life. And one of the biggest struggles I see with myself and with others is that we don't have a concept or understanding that I live in the kingdom of God and I'm called into and translated into his kingdom. I have too many believers that I find are non-believers because they don't believe they're here. They believe they're over there. And they're in this constant battle. It is a battle. But I fight from here. And Paul was saying, listen, I've given you this gospel and this is where you stand from. He says, why are you adding all these other things to you? One of them was circumcision. A work of the flesh. Literally. And, and, and Paul says, why are you living there when you're set free from those things? So this morning, I'm here to declare to you, you're set free. Do not complicate the work of Christ. And we are masters at it. We are masters at complicating what Christ has done. Well, it's in my family. My anger issues, they came from my dad. My anger issues, my great-great-great-grandfather, he was an angry man. And because of that, I'm, I just carry that with me. No, that's not who you are. You've been created in the image of God, and he has translated you from that kingdom into this kingdom. I don't live according to that way anymore. I'm set free from that. Yeah, but every time somebody does this, I just want to act in this way. No, I'm set free from that. I do not have to respond that way anymore. I'm always looking for this. I'm all, No, I am accepted in the beloved. I live from this position. And Paul was saying, I preached to you, and by the way, the, revel, the gospel he preached was a revelation that he received from Jesus Christ. One of the things I'll tell you is get a picture of Jesus in your life. Understand and get a picture of what Jesus has done in your life. Too many times we don't understand the work he did. One time I preached and I had a table up here. And it was a negotiation table. Jesus is a terrible negotiator. I brought my, my weakness and he just, he's sitting at the table with me. I'm, I'm kind of a negotiation table. He's sitting at the table looking at me, and he goes, I paid for that. I, I bring something else up. You know, I, I just, sometimes I say the bad words or something. He says, I paid for that. I come to him and say, well, well, you know, I carried this burden because of my parents or this or that or because of this and that. He goes, I paid for that. And everything that I brought up, my weaknesses or this or that, he just said, I paid for it. I paid for it. I paid for it. In other words, I live based on what Christ did for me. And by the way, I can't make it any better. And neither can you. So Paul is writing to them. If you, if you look at the book of Galatians, some of the key words are works, faith, law, spirit, life. 
And quite often they're almost in a contradiction or a, he makes a statement and then he presents the counter-argument or the biblical or the godly argument. I do find it interesting, he says, how quickly they deserted or left the one. Can I suggest to you it's easier to go backwards than it is to go forward? We might say, oh, well, that's... that's the Galatian people and now we have the Bible and it's easy to go forward. Can I suggest to you that sometimes going forward is harder than it is to go back? I have known people who have struggled with something and they've sat down with myself and we've talked about things and they've realized, hey, I can do this, this, and this and, and I'm going to experience freedom as I do this. But they found that that was too hard a thing to do. It was easier to stay where they were because of the fear of what they had to go through. It's real. You don't think so? Why do you think fitness clubs always have to advertise? I mean, if it was a good thing, once you did one day of exercise, you'd keep doing it the rest of your life. I do some exercises, and every time I get ready to do my exercises, I have excuses for not doing them. Amen. I do. It's like, I'm tired. I'm going to hurt. I'm going to sweat. It's going to be painful. And then about three minutes later, I'm done. It's like, huh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I don't do it for an hour. I do it for three minutes, and, and uh, I ask God to multiply it. <laughs> but sometimes it's easier to stay with the familiar than it is to move to what's new. If you're taking notes, when you walk with Jesus, everything he has for you is better than what you have now. Everything. Everything. Even if he gave it to you, he's moving you forward. So it says from glory to glory, he's changing me. He takes you from what's good to what's gooder, to what's gooder, to what's gooder, to finally what's best. But the life of Jesus is always a progression from good to better to best in every thing, single thing that he does for you. For instance, the word forgiveness. Do you realize forgiveness is more about you than it is about the person that hurt you? We sometimes think, well, I have to talk to this person because they hurt me. And I understand dealing with things and, and, and having that conversation, but if you don't learn how to forgive, you know who's going to be the one that's bound? you. Jesus says forgive, not because it releases the other person. What it does is it releases you. And that, I, I used to. It's no longer an issue. But there were times when all you had to do was say a person's name, and it would ugh, grab me. You know what? I hadn't forgiven them. Because if I had forgiven them, you could say their name and it wouldn't be an issue. I had somebody that hurt me. And every day when I went to work, I drove by the place where they worked. I'm a glutton for punishment. 
Yep, I could have I found another route. I, I, I mean, I didn't even need GPS. I knew how to get around it. But for some reason, I would drive by the place of their employment, and I was hurting. And what I chose to do was every time I drove by there, I said, God, would you bless them? Would you forgive me and would you bless them? And I released them. And you know what? I moved forward. And what's interesting, I ran into that individual a few years later. And this is no lie. I ran into them in a hardware store. I saw them coming and I actually smiled and said their name with enthusiasm. And they saw me, and I'm not, I am not kidding. They were as close as Pastor Daniel is to me right now. He literally turned, had a child with him, grabbed the child, and went another way. I walked out of there, and I said, I am free. <laughs> Forgiveness has more to do with me than it does with that other individual. I'm here to tell you when God's, and and what's amazing is God will put his finger on things on us because he wants to move you from that place to this place. When he puts his finger on you on that area, what he's doing is saying, this is good news. I want to move you forward. As Pastor Nelson would say, if we don't learn that, we just keep going around that mountain. We just keep going around that mountain. And what's frustrating is when you go around that mountain and you get back to that spot, you see the person that hurt you has moved on, is enjoying themselves and laughing, and you're sitting there miserable. So one of the great things I found about forgiveness, it has more to do with me than it does with the other person. I have to come to the point of forgiveness in my life before I even talk with them or talk about them or anything. I have to come to that point. God wants to move you from good to gooder to better to more better to best. Amen? And Paul was saying, they've taken you and they've taken you from the best and they're dragging you back saying, no, you have to do this, you have to do that. I'm here to tell you this morning, you function from being in the kingdom of his dear son. And if somebody tries to throw something on you, you say, no, I'm, I've, I've got this revelation of Jesus Christ. I have this revelation and relationship with him that he loves me, he cares for me, he saved me. It doesn't mean that we don't do things because what you'll find in the Bible is there's, whole, there's a whole lot of one another commands. So my relationship with God is not individual, it's a corporate thing. But what it does is I don't live under bondage or fear to take me back into those things that have to, I have to prove my relationship with God. No, I prove my relationship with God by my love for one another. That was a good spot for an amen. Yeah. <laughs> you missed it. God wants you to walk in forgiveness. He wants to heal you. He has created your body to actually heal. So the process God has for you is to cause you to get better. Amen. It is completed. He, we were sinners and he saved us. I'd like to read a couple verses out of Romans chapter 3 from a, a translation called the Passion Translation. Because... We were all sinners. I said we were. 
because I don't believe I'm a sinner. I, I am saved by grace. I am now a saint. I live here. I, I don't have a three-part citizenship. I have dual. I'm a Canadian, and I'm also a heaven. Heavenite or Havanian. There we go. I don't have a citizenship in the kingdom of darkness. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I, I am a citizen of heaven. I'm seated in heavenly places. I am in Christ. He's translated me and put me here. And so Paul writes in, in Romans, he says, but now independently of the law, the righteousness of God is tangible and brought to light through Jesus, the anointed one. This is the righteousness that the scriptures, talking about the Old Testament, prophesied would come. It is God's righteousness made visible through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. So if you want to see righteousness, you look at Jesus Christ. He's saying, if you want to see what it looks like to be righteous, you look at Jesus Christ, because that's how God made it visible. And now, listen to this, and now all who believe in him receive that gift. What do we have to do to receive that gift? Believe in him. You don't have to up your tithe, although I will thank you for that. You don't have to do six this. You don't have to do that, this or that. You just have to believe in him. It says, and all, now all who believe in him receive that gift, for there is really no difference between us, for we all have sinned and are, need, and are in need of the glory of God. Another verse, another passion, a trans, another translation would say, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Nobody's better than the other person. We have all sinned and are in need of the glory of God. Yet, through this powerful declaration of acquittal, so listen, he's in heaven, in the courts of heaven. He says, through this powerful declaration of acquittal, God freely gives away his righteousness, his gift of love and favor now cascades over us, all because of Jesus. Everything you and I have and the benefit of relationship and the right standing we have with God, this place right here, kingdom of his dear son, is because of Jesus. It's all because of him. I don't think we understand the benefit of what Jesus has done for us. That's why Paul says in Ephesians, I ask that your eyes would be enlightened, that you would see the hope of your calling and what God has done for you, the riches of what he has for you. My prayer for you is that you would understand and see what Christ has done for you and that you today would see, I stand here, I don't stand there, I stand here, and this is how I live. He says, yet through this powerful declaration of acquittal, God freely gives, us, uh, gives away his righteousness, his gift of love and favor now cascades over us all because Jesus, the anointed one, has liberated us from the guilt punishment and power of sin the guilt the punishment and the power of sin and paul was saying in galatians he says there's a gospel 
and people have tried to un add to it and make you complicate and pull you in and drag you back. He says, no, it's the, the guilt. God has freed you from the guilt. God's freed you from the punishment. You, you accept Christ. He cleanses you from all unrighteousness. And now I don't live according to the punishment of sin. I live now according to the righteousness of Christ. And I don't live according to the guilt. In the Old Testament, there was always guilt because they realized they could never put it away completely. And Jesus came, and in one act, once and for all, he wiped that away. He took the pain, he took the penalty, and he took the guilt of that, and he bore it all on the cross so that you and I could live free from guilt. If you struggle with guilt this morning... I'm asking God to give you a revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, his freedom. If you struggle with the idea that you're getting punished, I grew up thinking I was getting punished for sin. Part of that was in my immaturity, but I don't, Christ took my punishment. This is where I live. This is dangerous because this actually might make me happy. I don't live according to the punishment of sin, and I don't live according to the power of sin. Sin's power does not control me. I'll say that again. Sin's power does not control me. I'll, I'll say that again. As one pe preacher would do, he'd go from one side to the other to see which, loud, which side was louder. The, the, pen, the power of sin does not control me I am free from that power why because this is where I stand do I make mistakes yes I do but I repent I change my mind I change my focus I get forgiveness and I move on I live here this is my forwarding address I went to the post office and I say I got a change of address send all my mail here and they said what is it it's the kingdom of his dear son. Postal, postal code, hallelujah. You with me this morning? So how do I do this? I want to give you a few thoughts here on how you can walk in that freedom and not get tied up with the bondage, with the headaches, with all the weights of those things that so easily distract us. I'm going to give you a bunch. You can write them down. Learn how to major on the majors. Major on what Christ did for you. Don't major on all those topics that there's 75 different opinions. Major on the th fact that Christ saved you, he healed you, he forgave you, he released you, and you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Deal with, major on that. Minor on the minors. Keep the main thing the main thing. Never get tired of God's forgiveness. Never get tired of his releasing you. Never get tired of the beauty of Christ. Never get tired of that. Keep the main thing the main thing. I can do all things through Christ. 
We sometimes focus on the I can do all things and we forget it's through Christ who strengthens me. Focus and keep the main thing the main thing. I'm giving you some practical things here on how to learn how to walk in that freedom and not get tangled up. Practice, listen to this, practice thinking about him. Literally, you say, well, what does that mean? Practice thinking about him. When you leave the driveway here this morning, think about him as you go along the pavement. Don't think about what you're having for lunch. Think about him as you're driving along that pavement and what it means to have freedom in Christ. Practice that. These are disciplines that you can do that will increase your freedom and your, your, your ability to understand the joy of that gospel. Practice thinking like him. Pastor Daniel's been sharing with a few of us how he's been thinking about what does it mean to sit on, in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Because that's not just a future thing, that's a present reality. And so we're sitting there talking, and he goes, no, that's not how I'm thinking. I'm thinking like how he does. You know what he's done? Is he's training himself how to think like heaven thinks. And you know what? It changes the way you behave. And you don't flip the finger as much. Instead, you bless and you say amen more. Hallelujah. Here's another thing to learn how to walk in the freedom. Don't beat yourself up. Remember the extent and power of God's love. Return to your first love. Return to your first love. David wrote, he says, Take not from me the joy of my salvation. Remember the ecstasy, the power, the joy, the immense feeling of, wow, this is what Christ has done for me. How he cut all those chains off and he released you and gave you freedom. Remember that. Never forget that. Yes, you move on, but you never forget what Christ did. Stay, stay away and avoid pointless arguments. I don't care how many angels can stand on the head of a pin. People would argue about that. Avoid it. With that, stay off social media. Don't, don't, don't get into spiritual arguments on social media. You'll never win. A fool always gets the last laugh on those things. Nobody said amen, but everybody's going, I'm writing that one down in big letters. Here's another one for you. This is something I try to do. Read the Bible more than you read any other book. If you want to stay in the freedom, get in the habit, and I can't tell you I'm perfect in this, but this is something I try very hard. I try to read the Bible more than I read any other book. Establish a routine. Know the gospel. Have a personal revelation of Jesus. Get that revelation, and, and if you say, well, how do I do that? Pray to him. Say, Father, would you give me a greater revelation of your son? 
Would you give me a greater understanding of what he's done for me? And then get ready because you, when you ask, he answers. This are some practical things that you can do staying in this position that you will live and learn how to walk in the freedom that Christ has set you free and given you. The last couple things. Allow the power of the Holy Spirit to work in you. And the last two, you are what you eat. Garbage in, garbage out. If you want to change the output, change the input. Amen? If you want to quit arguing with your spouse, change the beginning. Don't come home, slam the door, and be a grouch. Come home, open the door, greet your spouse, let them know how much you love them, hug them, kiss them, and see if that changes your evening. It might save you hundreds of dollars in counseling. Amen. Are you with me this morning? Hallelujah. In closing, I want to just say a couple things here. We're going to have, at the end, time for the offering. But the freedom that Christ gave you is not so that you can boast about it or use it against somebody else, but the freedom that God gave you and has for you is so that you can help someone else. If you get beat over the head or you're beating somebody over the head with your freedom, I would, I would humbly suggest to you, you've got that wrong. The freedom that I have in Christ is so that I can now help you experience that freedom. Jesus referring to the prophet Isaiah said, the spirit of the Lord has come upon me because he has anointed me too. And then he listed the things that God had anointed him to. You have freedom. Yes, it's so that you can sleep well at night. Yes, it's so that you're not bound up. But it's also so that you can help other people walk in freedom. I asked the question at the beginning of my sermon. Can people tell that you're a believer? I believe by walking in in the power of freedom people would have an radical encounter with Jesus Christ. I'm convinced of it. Can you imagine how radical it is for a bunch of 21st century people? Yeah, we're 21st century. Walking in the freedom that Christ gave for us and that we're not entangled with all those other things. Amen? Hallelujah.